Hello and welcome to Hardy Party Five and a Half. Welcome. Hey, Rebecca. Yep. Do you remember the movie Ghostbusters Afterlife that we saw last summer? I do. What did you think about that one? I love that movie. I really did too. And I have a hot sports opinion here. What's that? That's probably going to upset the whole geek community. It's going to be very controversial. Give it to him easy. I think Ghostbusters Afterlife is the best Ghostbusters movie. The best? Yes, better than the original. Better than the marshmallow dude. Yes, better than the marshmallow better dude. Better than the one with all women. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Not because they're all women. I just thought that story was pretty hokey. Pretty weak. Yeah. I don't remember disliking that as much as you did, but I definitely like Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think, I wonder if we always think that the newer ones are better basically because CGI and technology is better. So we just naturally tend to say it's better. Well, I think that can help, but I think, at least for me, it's the heart of the story that's mm-hmm. really what I'm judging. Yeah. And like with Afterlife, they did such a good job of bringing in the heart of the original movies, mm-hmm. but then taking it to a new place with the new kids and stuff, but not losing like the atmosphere of the original. Right. And I think CGI can cover up a bad story. Mm, true. So, but like... It's not necessarily the same thing with Top Gun that mm-hmm. we've talked about a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. But it's close because it's like all about the story. Yeah. And I think in both movies, they brought old characters to into the same movie again. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was comparing. I think that was. But comparable. I think with Top Gun, I think the new technology with cameras probably helped the movie. Because yeah, we sure. talked about the old movie was really constrained by what they could show. Mm-hmm with the actors in the planes right so I think that helps the movie but I also think that Top Gun Maverick has a better story because it has a more heart to the story right when you look at the original Top Gun it's a bunch of hotheads that are trying to outdo each other yes and in the new one it's more paternal and there's like a forgiveness there Mm -hmm. that you don't really see in the original right so again it's the heart of the story and not necessarily the technology I totally agree yeah I agree well today we have a gal that really packs a punch she is talking about a stick of dynamite. Talk about powerful things in a small package. That's right. She is four seven. And she, she can beat us up right now. That's right. She is a stunt woman. <laughs> and she was in Ghostbusters Afterlife. She was in the BFG. She does voices in My Little Pony. I mean, who gets to do all those fun, cool things? And she did motion motion capture in Planet of the Apes movies. That's right. Can you imagine being four seven and being able to beat up most of the people in the room you're sitting in <laughs> with if, your pinky? If you wanted to. She is, this is just the most fascinating conversation. If you want to know the world of stunts, how these things all work together, the people that are really doing all the blood, sweat, and tears behind the scenes, you're going to love this interview with Devin Dalton. <laughs> so welcome to Hardy Party Five and a Half, Devin Dalton. Girl, you got a busy schedule. And so we are so glad you took time out for us to podcast with us. I mean, we don't know how we get amazing people like you. We're thankful that you've taken the time with us. <laughs> so you are a stunt woman and you started out in dance. So dance, you did hip hop, you did ballet, jazz, lyrical, like what was your favorite dance and how did that help you in this job? Yeah, dance is such a great base. Um, first, I mean, I just, I just loved it. It was always me, you know, my parents never like signed me up. I was always like, mom, I want to do this. Um, same with acting and things. I would tell her like, I want to do this. And she's like, okay. Um, so I started dance and then I got heavily into it. And when you're kind of doing competitive dance, you're basically, you're training every day. Um, so I would go to school after school, straight to dance, um, competitions all the time. Uh And you're kind of in every single style, um, when you're doing your training in competition. So I, but I loved it. So for me, it was like, I was having the best time ever. Um, 
And it gave me such a base for the rest of my career. My favorite types of dance, I love everything. I really, really do. But once I finished competition, I, I'm really into street styles. So I love hip hop. And, okay. and there's just a freedom where you are still learning your, your choreography and stuff, but there's a freedom to put your own element on it. Yeah. I absolutely love ballet. It's a different expression, but it is very strict it's very yeah. there's a syllabus that you learn and there's a right way and there's a wrong way <laughs> whereas with street dance, you know there's kind of that flexibility to have free expression and I think that's why I loved it so much um maybe for me using words was harder and I could express through my body and my movement yeah so I love that and then I was always drawn to kind of um Latin styles of dance like I love salsa dance uh anything with just good music and movement yeah so yeah. that for me street dance and 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 salsa so hip-hop and salsa is kind of my favorite um but I definitely love all of it and as far as translating into my work now it's a huge huge impact I think I don't think I maybe even would have fallen in <laughs> fallen into stunts <laughs> um, <laughs> no pun intended if I hadn't had a dance background yeah. um and, and really like it's not necessarily seen as a sport, but the training that you do with it is, it involves a lot. And it just gives you, basically it gives you a full awareness of your body. So, yeah. you know, you know, like everything about yourself, you know, how your weight's going to be, you know, how to move yourself. Um, yeah. You know how to pick up choreography. You also obviously understand the performance element of it. So it translates with acting or stunt performing because you're storytelling um, and then it's great for stunts, like for, even for learning fight choreography, you know how to pick up the choreo. Um, yeah. And you also just have a body awareness. So if you're doing like falls or things are changing on the fly with directions, you just have a good base for picking that up. Yeah. Uh, I know that a lot of dancers who have now gone into stunts um, with street styles, classical styles, break dancing is also obviously a great one because it takes yeah. a lot of strength and, and skills. And then it also helped me with all of my creature work and my character work because that also is movement and and storytelling. So there's there's yeah, dance is a great base. And I mean, I know a lot of people use it. Some martial arts people use it for their training. And yeah. I know even Arnold Schwarzenegger took dance lessons to help him with his you know career. So it there's many different aspects of of dance for sure. Well, how does one do that? Go from dance to to straight into stunt work like do you just throw your resume out there yeah. and like how does that work <laughs> kind of kind of um really? you know things over the years but yeah it's a bit of a hustle it's um like with acting you would get like an agent or you know you would submit to an agency and then they submit you for auditions stunt work is a bit different you're kind of cast you're also kind of like the crew so you have to hustle you have to bring your stunt bag which is basically your kit it has all your pads your harnesses your helmet like no one supplies you with that you got oh, so you, you bring your own stuff i didn't know stuff. you brought your own stuff well oh, probably. yeah yeah Every also yeah no you have your stunt bag that you bring and it oh, will wow. have all of the pads that you will need um your harnesses your helmet your mouth guard anything you need to do those stunts um, and that's something, yeah, that you all stunt performers set up on their own. So it's, there's a different hustle that comes behind stunt work. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's basically a grind. Also, you basically, yeah, what I first started doing is I got into it through being on set already and being approached. Um, well, basically, yeah. So I was acting at the time and I had an audition for the first remake of apes the planet of the rise of the apes which is like mm -hmm. the first one of the trilogy yeah um and i so i did that audition and booked it so that was through my agent i was just acting i didn't really know what stunts was at the time i was just doing my dance and, and acting stuff and then we did three weeks of training to do all the ape work so we did that training with terry notary who's um a very notable movement coach um and through that there was a bunch of stunt performers and they kind of approached me after because they're like, well, you're really good at movement and your size obviously also is unique to double kids and creatures, which is um, a niche as well. And so they kind of introduced me to stunts. And then I started 
going to like open gym and training with them and kind of learning what stunts was because at the time I didn't, I knew sort of, but not really. And then that's where the hustle started. You basically, you'd pull up your list um, on the union websites of what's filming in town and you'd find the address and you'd print out your resume and your headshot and send it in and put attention stunt coordinator and just hope that, you know, they'll get it and give you a call. And so you'd, and I know even before that time, people would actually just go to the sets and show up and basically offer to help, help out for free. So like when it comes to stunt work, we're very much a team because even if someone else is doing the stunt, everyone's got to move the pads and set it up for each other. We check each other's stuff. We, you know, it moves as like a whole team. It's very much, it's not a very an, an individual thing. It really is a team. Like any movie you see, like if one stunt has happened, like there's a bunch of people behind it. Um, So you would go and hustle, get to know the the community, train with them, and then just, yeah, send out your stuff as much as you can (laughs) and hopefully get some gigs and do a good job. So it it definitely, it's, it's a cool hustle. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily know it because it's kind of, well, yeah, it's always been kept behind the screen a bit. Yeah. Starting to get a lot more recognition now, but yeah. 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 I can see your, your LinkedIn hustler slash great body awareness. One, I love stunt yeah. work because I feel like stunt work is even coming back because I think there was some time in movies where they try to do it all digitally and it just doesn't look the same. Even as yeah. good as digital has gotten, you can just tell when it's a stunt person and when it's digital. So I love that the human element totally. is still in it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like yeah, even I in, love it. I love any. Like even in a Marvel movie, you can tell like two thirds, like the last third of every Marvel movie is usually a CGI battle of, of totally. digital characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool, but it's definitely, it's not the same as when you see like, you know, Jackie Chan in there doing. Right. Thing. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it makes it more dramatic, I think. Yeah, for sure. It does. It does. And then it kind of is like the artistry of wow that you, right. you know, not to say visual effects is great and we need it and it's come a long way and it offers so many awesome things. But yeah, doing, if you can do anything like practical, doing it for real, yeah. it's really, it's quite something. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned earlier you double for kids a lot. And one of our favorite yeah. recent movies is Ghostbusters Afterlife. So tell yeah. us what it was like to be on that set. Like it's, this is like a legacy movie, like 40 years old. So what was yeah. it like working on it, that? It was so cool. It's, um, yeah, to be a part of something that you know is like a huge, you know, a huge famous, everyone knows it. Yeah. Um, I know, like yes. was exciting for sure. And then the team was super awesome as well. Um, and I think the best part was seeing like for the first time, the actual Ghostbusters car and oh, going, like, yeah. that, like ride, on, ride in it and like chase ghosts. It's super cool. You, you, you get, you turn into a kid again, which is kind of the like be- fun part of it. Yeah. Um, you get, re- you know, you get to channel that. Um, and it was just so much fun. It was just, yeah, the, the original Ghostbuster car was really, really cool. Um, and then kind of getting to see near the end, obviously, when they brought like the OGs back and getting yeah. to see like Bill yeah. Murray there and, and you're like, whoa, that's, that's them. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. And like, even though, you know, like I perform and I work with, you know, people, actors and actresses and stuff all the time, there's still, there's still a nostalgia for me as well when it comes to like projects like that. And you're like, sometimes I have a moment where I think of like my younger self and I'm like, Whoa, she would think this is super cool. <laughs> Sometimes you're working, you're working, you're working, you're like, oh, just doing this on to the next project. And then you're like, wait a minute, like, yeah, I'm actually doing it. Like, this is what I wanted to do. I'm doing yeah. it, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Do what? Afterlife was a super fun. Yeah, yeah. It was very cool. It was such a great Did movie. you interact with Paul Rudd at all? Did you have any scenes where you had to, or did you hang out with we- him on set or anything? No, like he's a lovely person. We didn't get a lot of time um, together with Paul. A lot of the action was second unit. And oh, then yeah, the days yeah. that we were there for main unit, 
Um, we were in and around them, but there was no, yeah, there was no scenes for me right with Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd though. He's yeah. so awesome. So yeah. when you're going um, through the street, you talked about being in the Ghostbusters car. When you're going down the street, yeah. you're chasing, I think you're chasing Slimer, aren't you? In the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So did you, you had, there was two actresses that were doubling the kids, right? Were you inside the car or did you go to get to, were you on the outside? You were on the inside? I got to do both. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. So it was funnily enough. So me and um, bless her heart. She's another stunt girl from Toronto. She does circus silks and stuff. Her name is Amanda Delapenta. She's the same height as me and everything. Um, She was doubling as well. And so we would switch off. So sometimes I was so like the, I think the first time you see the car, me outside the car that's me driving around and shooting yeah. the stuff past the diner and all that kind of stuff and then the end part of it is me and then there's one little little middle bit that's Amanda and then I was also inside the car for parts of it um yeah so it was fun because we got to switch off and do a bit of both yeah and then I got to be in both the costumes which was fun as well <laughs> So our listeners obviously hasn't done the research that we've done on you. Why do you get to play kids so much? They don't know how tall you are. (laughs) Yes, and no one, you can't tell on this. Yeah, I am very petite. I'm very petite. I'm I'm only four feet, seven inches tall. And if if we're being true, I'm a little bit under the seven inches. (laughs) And I weigh about... 80 to 83 pounds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. so I'm pretty tight. Yeah. So That's I mean, funny. I am the height, the size of a kid. Yeah. Um, Perfect. It, which is why I, I double kids a lot. And then I also get to do like cool creature stuff. And, and funnily enough, I've doubled some adults as well when they're doing something that's called forced perspective. Um, in some of the Percy Jackson movies, sea of monsters like there's a scene where the Annabeth character gets thrown against the wall and it's a big ratchet pole on a wire Mm -hmm. and the regular double for her is like five foot eight but they had this giant who's throwing her so they brought me in to do the stunt and then it helps him look even bigger oh okay so there's fun like that in film that you get to do as well but yes I normally double kids um and that is why yeah I just my parents are tiny. My mom's only four nine. My dad's about five five, really. Uh-huh. And I just didn't. Usually, you surpass your parents, but I just didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, do it. So, yeah, but it worked out. Yeah, so it's okay. It well. so worked out. So yeah. you yeah. don't you don't know much about our family, but our son just got engaged, and so we had this this picture of all of we have three boys. 23, 21 and 19. And, uh, they're all very tall. And then she, everybody that sees this picture, they say, Oh my gosh, she's so tiny. Well, she's five, seven. (laughs) She's not tiny at all. Yeah. Yeah. Our kids are all six, three and six, four and we're tall, both of us. And so to have her in the picture, she looks so tiny. So that's probably a little forced perspective. So yeah yeah uh she's little to be seen as well but she's five seven she's not real short <laughs> she just feels short around. no that's, that's like giant yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the, our most recent favorite movies is the adam project and you got to be a part of that with some big stars like mark ruffalo and ryan reynolds and jennifer garner like Tell us about that experience. And of course, we fell in love with that little kid. I mean, Will Scobell, he was so good. So tell us, tell us all about that experience. Yes, that was, no, that was exciting. And actually the cool thing about it too, um, there was two stunt coordinators, James Churchman, who's an American coordinator. And then um, again, this was filmed in Vancouver, Canada, uh, which is where Ryan Reynolds is from. So I think, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but maybe, um, And then there was a Canadian coordinator, um, Mike Mitchell, who was actually the first, he was the coordinator on the first Apes I did, and he kind of got me into stunts. So it was cool to do another project with him. Um, But yeah, the cast on that was just like incredible. I was super excited um, because it's always fun to watch like 
those kind of performers work because you learn something just by sitting and like watching the scene happen mm-hmm. and getting to see them live in front of you doing the performance. And then Walker was just awesome. He's like super savvy. Um, obviously, like you can see, he's so witty and natural and he's and and I think this was his first project. So he's still very much like a kid, which I I really love. Like he he just really was his reactions and everything was so genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was stoked to do like some of the stuff and and he just did a really, really, really good job because sometimes with kids, too, you don't know. Um, kids are kids and they might be really like awkward and clumsy or they might be like, you know, quite savvy and good. But yeah, Walker was awesome. Um, just I think obviously this is only like the beginning of his his career. And then it was just so cool. Like Mark Ruffalo was it was so funny because we're in the trailer getting our hair and makeup done and and Mark Ruffalo introduces himself, you know, which is so like, humble. Like, oh, I'm Mark. Like, yeah. don't know. You're like, oh, 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 Mark. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> but it was just lovely, like super lovely. And then obviously Ryan Reynolds is, it was so cool to watch him, you know, doing his thing. And uh, yeah, no, like the cast is, when you get to work on projects like that, exactly. I always take it as kind of a chance to like learn as well. Mm. Um, because you, you're always going to learn something watching like, these true professionals and in their craft and you get to have like a live seat right there. So, yeah. What were some things you got to do on that? What were you, what were you a part of on that movie? Yeah. So we helped with first, usually stunts always will help with the training. So we set up all the stunts, we test it, we get it ready. And then we bring in the actors and train them. So we'll show them what to do. We'll get him to do it. And like for Walker. So he has parts in it where he kind of like, he has a little wire pole and then he twists off with the um, like the bad guy and slams into the wall and he's got the um, oh, I forget what it's called, but it's one of the time things they're using. Like the one things that they, the weapon. Yeah, the one thing, the yeah. bobber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were working with him with that. And so I would go in and test and line it all up and then we would put Walker on it and kind of get him comfortable slowly with it so that he could do parts of it because obviously if we can get parts with the actor like that's the goal and that is kind of the job when you're a stunt performer is to obviously like make the actor look the best they can so you want to help train them and then you know you'll do all the parts that maybe are a bit more dangerous and rough and and that you wouldn't want the actors actor actor to do um but you want them to do as much as you can because it's just, it's better for camera and everything. If they can get a straight on shot with the actor and they can yeah. do that comfortably, then like, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So for Adam Project, there was a couple wire pulls for for him. We had a little thing called a parallelogram where they, when they're taking off on the spaceship where they kind of lift off. And then there was like kind of some stuff in the, in the spaceship as well when they're driving um, that he got to do. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then just like running around and being in and about this, the yeah. action basically. Yeah. What is the worst you've ever gotten hurt? I was thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> always ask that question. They're like, what? <laughs> well, you know, here, the, the thing with stunts is it's like, it's all about safety as well, which is obviously like why we have so many rehearsals and professional yeah. people doing it because we want to try and not have that happen. Um, I've definitely had bruises and aches and pains that kind of always comes with it, like soreness and and things like that. I have been super lucky to not have any, like, no concussion or broken bones. I'm going to knock on wood (laughs) there. (laughs) But I know many people who who have had, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, yeah, I think the worst was, like, I kind of rolled an ankle weird that every now and then flares up, but really like besides having maybe like some, some pretty good bruises, like some pretty good ones. Yeah. That's it. So I'm, that's how good you are at your job. Yeah. Totally. Totally. It's like you, you definitely want to save yourself as much as you can. Um, and we tried in rehearsals to really like, obviously when we're testing stuff, we wear a helmet and 
you know, a mouth guard and on the day you don't, but like, you're going to pad up when you're rehearsing. So at least you can save yourself during that part. And then obviously when the camera's rolling, you just, you go for it and you usually try and go really, really hard the first time so that it looks really awesome and that you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it again. Yeah. 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 You know, so you you aim for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the team that there's a big team there. And I know one of those positions, the riggers are so important and it's kind of an unsung heroes that you don't hear about. So explain to us what a rigger is and what they do on the set for you. Yes. I'm so glad that you asked about that. And I'm like, I, when I read that question, I was like, yeah, so, so glad that you asked about that because really like the riggers are so important Um, and they hold just as much as the performer because without a good rigger, the stunt's not going to be good without a good stunt performer, the rigger's job. So really like they have to work together and I always really want to know. So riggers, basically, if, if people don't know, they're the people who are like, a lot of them come from different kind of safety backgrounds. Like, they're like the guys who are going to keep you safe. They set everything up. So if you're doing any kind of wire stuff, they're setting up all the wires. They're going up in the trees or up in the studio. They're rigging everything. They're testing it with sandbags that are like your body weight to test it out. Um, They're coming in and they're hooking you onto the lines. So they double check everything. And often they're the ones doing it. So like lots of times we'll do like hand pulls or something where they are on the other side jumping off a ladder to pull you and time it. And yeah. so they are part of their performance because they have to actually do it. And you as a performer, you're just on the line and you go with it. But the rigger has to like time it right. He's got to set it up. He's got to pull your weight. He's got to do like all the kind of technical side of it. Yeah. They handle and the safety side of it, they handle. And yeah. they work so hard and they're just like, they really like, yeah, when people like see the stunt happen and they're like, Woo, and they clap for the performer, like equally to the riggers. Um, yeah. There's just no way that we can even make that look cool. And most of the stunts that we do, we wouldn't be able to do without riggers because as much as they're practical, they're on a wire. They're something, something's being set up and, and rigged or even with car stuff, you've got to rig the car so that it can be a stunt car, like wow. anything like that. And we've just been like, I've been blessed to work with a lot of really, really like these people are highly trained, highly trained people who have like so many years of experience in different stuff. Like if you dropped them in the middle of the woods with nothing, like they're your guy, (laughs) they're they're going to know exactly what to do, figure it all out. So yeah. And they keep us safe and make us look good. So I Riggers are just the best and they're such a big part of stunts, but exactly. Most people have no idea who they are. And, and are there a few names that really... pop in your head? Cause these people never get any recognition. Are there a few that you can think of? Yeah, so that you work with a lot? I, yeah. So Corbin Fox is um, a main stunt rigger. I think he, he kind of goes all around the world. He's super, super awesome. He's got a good team with him. Um, Grant Smith, Dave Edgar, mm-hmm. um, Harry Beckham, um, Raph, I don't know his last name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Who else? Raph, Harry. That's that's yeah. And that's just like, that's just like a handful. Like there's so many, Yeah, but there's so good. And it's really important for a stunt performer to know your rigor because lots of times if you're doing stuff like I said you're working together so you're telling them like hey give me more slack or on the descender like let's say you're rappelling down like or give me this like you're always making eye contact with them and it's kind of between you and them to make make it happen yeah it's cool because you have like it's like you have like the main actor who's the face and you have the rigor who's never the face and then you have the stunt person who is uh, one foot in Kinda and one in between, foot out. Yeah. Yeah. You're like exactly. the right. In between. Yeah. That's exactly. Cool. Yeah. And, and that's what it takes to make, to make it look the way it does when we see it on the screen. Yeah. So great. yeah. And I really, I appreciate those people because I do corporate events, graphic stuff. And I'm, there's so many people behind the scenes that do all the work mm-hmm. and you never hear about them. So <laughs> it's important to me that those yeah. guys that do all that work get some recognition. Yeah. So. yeah. 
And they work so hard because they're there before you and after you because they're going to set it up and they're going to take it down. Yeah. And they, they're just hard work. Like they'll be out in the forest rigging all this stuff. And you're in the forest. There's nothing set up to do these wire poles. They yeah. have to, and to know right. how to put that all on and also to be able to do it. Like, can you do this 20 times in a row the exact same way right. for camera? Do it yeah. from different angles. So yeah. their job is like, I, I don't even know how they do all that stuff. They know how to tie all these crazy knots and all this like stuff that I'm like, what are you <laughs> doing? Like the Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. So take us inside the world of motion capture and what, how is that different from like general stunt work? Yeah. So motion capture, motion capture is some of my favorite work because it is kind of, to me, it's the middle ground of acting and stunt work because it's, movement based but it's not necessarily just like falling downstairs or being hit by a car or something it's usually involving a character or creature and it it definitely requires a lot of imagination because often you're playing something like that is not necessarily a human character Mm -hmm. um so you get to really like 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 you're an animal or you're a creature you're a giant or or anything um, so I love it just because for me, like that's, I'm kind of in between. I love doing acting and the talking and the movement, but I also love doing movement. So yeah. motion capture is like that perfect middle ground. So that's why I find that some of my most favorite work uh-huh. for what I do. Um, but yeah, it's different. It's very, it requires a lot of, again, like knowing like athletic ability uh, or movement ability. So again, dance is great. Oh. Circus work would be great. Athletic stuff, sports, anything like that. But then you also need to tell the story and get into character. So theater work and and acting plays a huge part in it as well. Um, I think. And again, just I... definitely. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's the, the first oh, time I've heard of this. Do what you go ahead. We're both like, it's okay. 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 I'll say definitely require imagination too, because you get to do it on the live sets, but then you also always do it in what's called the volume, which is basically like an empty kind of gray room with all of the tech computers around it. And then, so you'll be imagining all the stuff. So you really have to use your imagination. Yeah. In your head. I think the first time I was going to say the first time I'd heard of this was maybe Gollum. Oh yeah. With, um, that's the first time I probably heard about this type of thing at all with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And the movies you worked with Gollum, you worked with Andy Serkis. What was that like? Like a legend, like Um, he kind of start motion capture really. I mean, yeah. And I love it because he opened the door for that. Like, we don't have to just play human characters. Like, we're actors. We can, like, to be able to play those different kind of creatures like he did as Gollum shows, like, this is, like, what we can do with our craft. And, okay, so I've known Andy for a long time because when I started the first Apes, I think I was, it was pretty much, had just finished high school. Oh, wow. So I turned, I turned 18 on that, that film. Um, so that was my first like big project. And then it was with Andy Circus, And I was like, uh. <laughs> and I got work, like, right alongside with him. Cause when we did toddler Caesar, he would do it and I would do it also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really got to like be in the scenes with him all the time. And, um, that was like, yeah, I mean, th- that definitely shaped my career for, I knew then like I really loved motion capture and I wanted to know more about it. And Andy's just one, he is like a lovely human, like a super, super awesome, lovely human, which is always wonderful. Um, and he's just so, so talented. Um, and I think he's been like really patient and stuff with the fact that a lot of people don't understand motion capture. I know I've struggled with that a lot is it's like, trust me, when you see him there acting as Caesar or something, like he is that character. It'll blow your mind. But people who don't know it think, oh, it's just a computer animated thing. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Trust me, it's really not. Like it's his vocals. It's his facial expression. It's his movement. It's just like any other human character. But then also he's managed to 
overlay it and be an ape, yeah. which I think is even more crazy. So that was, yeah, I, I love working with Andy. Um, and he just like, you know, he, every day he's there a hundred percent. Again, best learning experience for me because I get to have like, it's like an acting movement lesson from him every day, almost when I started that, because I didn't, I didn't quite know what motion capture was. And I just kind of got to follow along with him and do it. And yeah. And it just, it always helps that he's like an awesome, lovely human as well. So, so and now he's, you know, directing and doing all these things. And yeah, 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 exactly. He's doing tons and, and gets the recognition to, you know, obviously for, I mean, we'll always have it for Gollum because that's just, you know, it's Gollum, but now just, he kind of is paving the way for movement actors, which is what I consider myself to be. So. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. Okay. So you worked with that legend on the planet of the apes and then with BFG, you worked with another legend, Steven Spielberg. So what was that? Oh. Oh gosh. I, that movie spoiled us so much because it was so awesome to work with, work on. Um, Yeah, Steven Spielberg, really, truly, you got to see directing at its finest. Like, he really lives up to the expectation. Um, Just really gets in there with the actors. He knows what he wants. Like, he doesn't shoot a trillion takes. Like, once he's got it, he's got it. Um, And he was so lovely. Um, like I remember before we started the first scene and the last scene, he did a nice champagne toast with everyone to thank them for being there. And, you know, he went around to each department and thanked everyone from the construction and every person who's making it and building it. So he kind of created this nice, like family environment. Mm -hmm. Um, and also he just, I, I don't know if people know, but sometimes in film, we work like a little bit crazy of hours. Like you can work 16, 18 hour days it can be crazy weird hours. You don't get much time off. Um, it's like, it's quite grueling. It's awesome in so many ways, but there's a very grueling side to it. Um, but Steven Spielberg, he kind of like, he kept everything at kind of a 10 hour day, which was manageable. So people still got to like go home and see their family and come back refreshed. And, and so it was like a very nice working environment and then obviously he was just great. Yeah, I loved working for him. Um, I would give anything to work with him again. Yeah. And and I just loved that he knew what everyone's job was. He knew who everyone was and really like thanked them and appreciated it. And so it was just like great to be a part of maybe what I imagine, like how they made movies back in the day. And, <laughs> and just, he's just so talented, you know? He really is like, he deserves to be in the position that he's in. There's... There's a reason he he does that. And he was so great with his family too. Like his his chair, uh, like, you know, like the movie set chairs yeah. like at the back, his dad on it. And <laughs> I remember the one time his daughter was graduating. So he directed from Zoom because he was oh, wow. at his daughter's graduation. And and so he's just a, a wonderful man, I, I think yeah. as well. And um, yeah, I loved working with him. And he really is like an artist. He's an artist yeah. for sure. So when I think it talks to his preparation that he can have such short hours because he knows exactly what mm-hmm. he's already got in his mind what he wants. So you don't have to do yeah. all these extra mm-hmm. things. So yeah, because you you see it sometimes when people maybe don't and and then you take all this time to do things a million different ways, which is great. That's fine. Like, you know, but it it's it really shows, yeah, that he's like, he's got a vision and he knows what it is. And, and, and he knows that once he's got it, like, that's all I need. I don't need to keep doing it a million times. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we know yeah. all about this grueling hours of filming because over <laughs> quarantine, our oh, family gosh. decided to refilm the movie Goonies. There was six of us. <laughs> in- we did all the important scenes with anything we could find as far as costumes around our house, wigs and scarves and all kinds of crazy. We all had at least two or three roles and people were quitting. And <laughs> there was drama. <laughs> drama. Yeah. It's our own children. Were quit- I had to promise pizza parties and crap like that and get them to like perform. It was ridiculous. <laughs> hilarious. I love that. That's good so dedication. Fun. Yeah. You know what? I just. Worked with Josh Brolin too, which was a dream. And oh, really? I love 
Yeah, that he yeah. played. He played Josh in the. Yeah, in the game. Nice. Yeah. He was. We they tied him to the nice. recliner. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was fun. It sounds like <laughs> Steven, Steven Spielberg had a lot more scene control than we did. Probably so. Yeah. But he wasn't also the parents of the people that were, he was trying to like herd like cats to yeah. do things or pay them yeah, off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we told you we have three boys. So we don't know anything about this next part that you have your hand in, which is voiceover acting on My Little Pony. What is the name of the yeah. person of the pony that you are the voiceover for? Because we don't speak yeah. this language. And in its own world, let me tell you, it's a massive world that people are really like, My Little Pony, I had no idea the world following of that, yeah. that franchise. And genuine, genuine fans, like diehard fans. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly been like, it's been so lovely to be a part of because the people who love it, like they're just so genuine and, and they really care. And it's been awesome to do like the con events where I get to meet them. Uh, but my character is named Ocellus. Ocellus. I am. Yes. Yeah, so I am a student of the, at the school of friendship is magic. The school of friendship. Um, and our, our teachers are the main ponies. So they're the main pony of the show. Um, there are teachers and there, and we're the students, um, and Ocellus is a changeling, it's called. So basically, it's kind of like this bug-like horse character, and she can change and morph into other characters. She's kind of like a shapeshifter almost. Okay. But I have this plushie. I brought this plushie over. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there she is. That is adorable. That's my character. That's Your awesome. guy was so excited. Oh, my gosh. I was so She's excited. So precious. I know. Isn't that cute? So cute, but as you can see, like she's got wings and you know, like kind of like a bug like she does creature. Yeah. yeah. So she's not your typical horse. She is not a pony. Horse. Oh. Yes, or pony. Yeah. But yeah, my little pony has been it was really cool to jump on that show because um one, they have like some awesome voiceover um performers that are on that. Um, so working with them was super cool. And then, yeah, just the fandom has been kind of the biggest reward of that. I love going to the con events. They're all around. Um, and yeah, you, you go and and people just, the show has actually done a lot for these people. And because it's a, it's a show that has positive messages and it's, you know, it kind of deals with life things, but in like this bubbly fun way. So it, it, it's much more at first you think like, oh, it's just like some little kid show, but <laughs> actually it's so much more than that. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's just fun. I love voiceover as well. That's a whole other kind of thing. It's obviously different. You're not on set. You go into a recording studio and record. Um, but again, super, super fun. I love using your voice and yeah. expression that way. And again, kind of like this kid-like aspect to it because you it's cartoons, but yeah. it's, it's so cool. Yeah. So how do you schedule that in? Do you just have, when you're gone on a movie set, you just kind of say, Hey, if you, we need voiceover, I need it to be during this time frame, or like you just. Yeah. If you've been booked for something like they'll, because voiceover is flexible that way. I mean, obviously actually since COVID, a lot of it is done at home. So most voiceover um, actors have a, a home studio or they'll have like a little soundproof room and they've got the tech on their computer and their own mic because you really only need like the other person on the other line, the director or whatever, and you can record at home. But if you're not and you're recording in a studio, like I know for My Little Pony, an episode, we would do like four hour sessions. Okay. So you can work it around your schedule. If you're, if you're filming on something else, they'll yeah. get you in and come in. And you sometimes record with the other actors and sometimes you record your lines on your own. So if you can't make it, to that scheduled times, then yeah, they can usually work around. Gotcha. So there is a flexibility with it. And it's not obviously like 18 hour days. Yeah. So that you can squeeze in or, or record from home as well, which yeah. is the new, new thing now, because we don't, since COVID, that's kind yeah. of what has developed. And now, now it's kind of stuck. So yeah. Mm. yeah. Hey, so we also know that Leo Samarelli is really important to you. So can yeah. you give us a quick rundown of his story and what, what he's got going on? 
Yeah, Leo Santarelli, um, wow, he's so awesome. You guys can, his Instagram is Samarelli. Um, he's also got WWAB, which is his organi organization, um, West Coast Wheelchair Adaptive Boxing. Um, so he was, he is an athlete, a like awesome athlete. Um, he was a boxer. He was training for boxing Olympics. He was, you know, making some big contracts. Um, he was injured. He has a spinal cord injury, which called caused paralysis. Um, so he's now in a wheelchair and, um, instead of letting it kind of take him down and, and, and end his career, his dream, he's turned it around and turned it into like something beautiful and inspiring others um, and kind of creating a whole new sport um, and really opening up the awareness of anybody who does have a disability that there's still so much more that they can do. Um, all it has to be is adapted. So they can do all the same things. You just have to adapt it because you're moving differently now. Um, and with his West Coast um, adaptive boxing, he's trying to kind of create a new sport for boxing. So obviously they're in wheelchairs, but he's creating a new wheelchair that moves. So you have to move it um, and learn and train the boxing because he's a professional athlete. And then he does these crazy things like he just has like work ethic like I like nobody I know um, he's doing. So he we have there's a mountain um in vancouver it's called grouse grind and it's over three thousand three thousand steps it's in north vancouver it's all straight uphill um it's basically a hike that everyone goes and, and does and dies by the end <laughs> like you're like oh god <laughs> it's like it's a goal for everyone right to do, do the grouse grind and he's like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i think i think i want to do it one summer he said that and I was like, I think you can do it. Cool. So we started training for it. Um, and his brother and I helped kind of hold his legs like a wheelbarrow and he walks on his arms. Wow. Um, and he did the whole thing. It took six hours, the whole thing on wow. his hands. It was just epic. Um, and just kind of trying to, you know, like do, do great things and just open up the awareness that like, you know, why shouldn't he be able to do the grouse grind? And we, we were just in Costa Rica and, and we were in um, La Fortuna where there's the volcano. Um, and we wanted to go on the tour that takes you up to, you do the hike and you see the volcano, um, but no one really wants to, you know, obviously they're like, oh, you, you can't go basically. The answer for him because he's in a wheelchair is no. Uh, but he knew that he wanted to see it and we wanted to go and so we decided let's do it anyways. And so we did the same thing as the growth grind and we went up there oh, and, wow. and it just, he kind of does it to bring awareness too. that. Like, I think there's a lot of places that you, we can definitely, uh, I don't think people do it intentionally because I know even for myself, I wasn't aware of it, but spending time with him, I'm much more aware of it, of mm -hmm. places that are, don't have accessibility, but could easily have accessibility. Mm -hmm. So just opening up the awareness, like, Hey, like, why don't we just build this place to be set up for everyone to be able to experience right. it yeah and and also just such a motivator he teaches classes every day um to boxing classes and he also trains able-bodied people i do my boxing training with with leo um he's a part of the boxing bc board um so he trains able-bodied people because he is a trained athlete mm -hmm. and then he also helps anyone people with cerebral palsy people with any kind of disability come to them and you see it change them totally. They have more movement, they can do way more. So I guess it's just about like taking, you know, traumas and things and not letting it stop you and getting up every day and still pushing forward and just yeah. kind of going beyond those limits that are set there for you, but they don't have to be. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. He's an inspiration to everyone. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what next thing he's going to do, like <laughs> something else. Oh, I should also mention he's, he's um, on the national team for Canada to hopefully going to be representing Canada in the Paralympics. Oh, uh, he does awesome. cross-country skiing. Yeah. Oh, wow. so, that's cool. that's so all, all around like superstar athlete and just 
trying to help others out there who have, you know, suffered injuries or who were born with disabilities to, to just know that like you can do all the other things that that people want to do. And, and yeah. That's so yeah. cool. I think I saw some videos of you. Yeah. You so have you ever punched it? him when you were doing it? Have you punched him in the <laughs> face before? We saw those videos. I try, but the thing is, is he's so good. So good. Like, he, he's so good. He's so good. I would have to <laughs> catch him off guard because if we were doing that, no way. There's okay. no way. Well, what's perfect <laughs> for you and him is that because of your height and when he's sitting in the chair, exactly. I mean, it's perfect for you. He is perfect. It's totally yeah. perfect. And it it's clearly out. working for you because I can see the definition in your, oh, in your arms. Like, <laughs> I know. Actually, boxing has really done that. And, and he like personal trains as well. So I'll do workouts and stuff with him. Um, and which is great for my work in my career too. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you talk- yeah check out his. Do what? Oh, I was just to say, check out his pages. Yeah, um, yeah I think we'll link it. We'll we'll tag him on the show notes on the edit. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. So you mentioned that you've been to Canada a couple of times doing different movies, but where else have you been? Also, Costa Rica. Where else have you been that you just fell in love with the culture, the people? Like, what are some things you've learned? Where have you been that you loved? Yeah, well, um, I went to Egypt, Ooh. which was kind of a bucket trip, which was very very cool. Um, met a lot of awesome people there. Obviously, that was quite an experience. Like, yeah. um, one I didn't think that I would do, or like, but it just kind of the stars aligned and it happened. So that was amazing for me. And it was just the people were lovely. Um, yeah, and obviously, like, way different than what I'm used to. So yeah, that was super. Sure. Uh-huh. I've only like just started traveling. I've always wanted to travel. Um, but really like I've just started to, now I just like can't get enough of it. Yeah. I just went to, um, Savannah, Georgia, Nashville with my mom. It was her 65th birthday. So we yeah. went and, That's and fun. did some exploring. Um, so and that was lovely. Like, what did you grow up in LA? I didn't. So I am Canadian born. From, oh, you're from Canada. Canada. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I work, I work in the States as well as in Canada. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was born, I was born in Alberta, which is kind of a prairie, prairie country. Uh, it gets cold there. And then we moved to BC, Vancouver, which is obviously the West coast, like just above LA. If you think of it, East coast, Toronto is kind of like by New York, yes. Vancouver, yeah. which is known as um, North Hollywood because oh a huge huge film hub um tons of stuff obviously there's great scenery there you've got the ocean you've got the mountains and the weather is probably the best in Canada because you don't really get snow um you get rain but it's a lot more temperate um beautiful summers so it's a great place to film because you just have a lot of scenery that you can use um yeah and then and then I've done some stuff in Atlanta been in LA um yeah yeah Yeah, I'll be going to Boston soon for a job um yeah it's been it's been cool the the travel part is what I'm most excited about so I'm just starting to kind of get world my travels yeah Yeah. that's awesome isn't the Calgary stampede up in Alberta the famous rodeo yeah exactly the rodeo the cowboys exactly so Alberta is like the cowboys and and um and uh, they call it okay so this is like Alberta is like the Texas of Canada oh, okay. is what they, <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's like yeah and yeah and then I guess I guess like I said Toronto would be like east coast yeah, yeah. Uh, Vancouver funny. is more west coast like LA <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's really true, but <laughs> I went to Texas once for Pokemon and then I was, I was, I just got offered a project there in Austin and I was super excited because I would have loved, I, Texas is so cool. I would have loved to spend yeah. some time there. Which the Comic-Con did you come to in Texas? Um, it was a PonyCon. It was called Harmony Con. Harmony Con. A PonyCon? Yeah. I'm sure you guys know. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. But you ended up yeah. not taking the Austin job? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I would love to, but that's actually one of the biggest things in film is like juggling the schedule because yeah. obviously a lot of times projects come up at the same time. And so yeah. you're chosen with, you have to choose or you might be already committed to one and then the other one offers later. And um, so yeah. just juggling, like trying to fit it in time-wise. And summer is always a really busy season because obviously the weather is great everywhere. Two, there's a lot of, projects that have kids in them because they're off school um so summer is usually a really busy season you do not want to film in texas in the summer (laughs) (laughs) it's so hot so hot oh yeah it's it's i love the heat i love (laughs) the heat but i probably say that but you yeah (laughs) you probably would love austin a lot of people austin is like its own little oddity in texas like it's just got the coolest vibe and yeah you know it's different from all the rest of texas it's kind of set apart yeah the totally have bumper stickers that say keep austin weird because it is just weird yeah yeah we're closer obviously <laughs> to fort worth but anyways well i know yeah. it's gonna be hard to juggle your schedule there is only one you and so we appreciate the one you taking time out for because we know you just us. got done working today so yeah, we appreciate so that we appreciate yeah, no i we're so yeah, happy thank to you so like much. give our people a little insight into like what a step person does. Like I learned so much today. I didn't even really know that much about um, motion capture and stuff like that. So I appreciate you taking time to yeah. tell us all the fun things. Yeah, It's so cool. There's a lot to know about it all. And um, it's kind of its own world for, sh- yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, so yeah. great. I appreciate the interest and I'm, and happy to chat with you guys. And yes. I can't wait to see the Goonies movie. <laughs> I'm going to go watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. And so I can just like pick out parts. Yeah, now we like, can yes, we can see I all know. the moments that you're I know, in. I, mean. I know her. I know her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally. That's so cool. What a totally. fun job you have. Thank you so much, Devin, for spending your time with Hardy Thank Party you. Five and a Half. Get some rest. I know you got a busy day tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Cheers, you guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, Hardy voiceover yeah stunt woman yeah motion capture yes if you could only do one of those what would you do oh gosh (laughs) it's hard right you know what would actually be i think what combines all of it together would be motion capture for me you would do motion capture like you're doing the stunt work which would be awesome and fun but you're also able to perform a little more like you're the character mm-hmm. rather than rather than just being a stand-in for the character, you're the character. Yeah. Like Devin talked about being in the Planet of the Apes movies, Apes movies. She was one of the apes. So she was acting and doing stunts. Right. So I would I would combine those. What about you? I have a very shallow reason for what I'm about to say. <laughs> okay. I think I would probably do voice. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't have to work out. (laughs) (laughs) This voice of mine is always going to stay the same. Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) I hope unless, I don't know what would cause my voice to change, but let's Your voice could go out. Like don't a lot of singers voices go out Yeah, and they have to have surgery. Well, if that happens, then I'm just going to start working out, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's really shallow. That's not true. I, the most intriguing one obviously would be the stunt work mainly because I'm always intrigued by like especially women that can kick butt and all the martial artsy things. And I don't know, I probably like fighting movies, maybe even more new to like Jennifer Garner and alias. Jennifer Garner and alias. Oh yeah. Remember that show? Yes. I was actually, when you said, I Jennifer, way Garner, back. when yeah. you said Jennifer Garner, I was thinking Electra. Oh yeah. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. And so I, I was like, wait, what's back. alias? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you went in the way back time machine. So yeah, that's probably, I think price don't, don't work. I think it would be really cool. Anyways, I thought she was so fascinating. It was awesome. I learned so much from her. One, I love being able to highlight, like we talked a little bit about the people behind the scenes. Yeah. Like the riggers and the crew members that don't get much, other than seeing the movie finished, they don't get much publicity or media or anything. They don't. And they make the movie happen. Right, exactly. So the next time we're at the movie and the next time you're at the movie, you need to sit through all those credits and just be say thank you. Just I'm, thank you. I'm going to say thank you to each thank name that comes up. Every, I want you to pronounce each name and yeah. tell them thank you so right. all the way through. All right. Deal. Even if there's no after credits, you have to stay, stay. and you have to, to say thank you to each name on the credits that, that 
put together this movie. Can for you, you imagine the movie theater worker coming in with the broom, just like, <laughs> come, what are you doing? Why are you just, I'm just sitting saying, here thank saying you. all the names that you can't even pronounce? <laughs> it's like that the insurance commercial where it, it's the they're taking the people to the movie and they're turning into their parents. <laughs> yes. And the one, after the so movie's funny. over, the one woman starts clapping, <laughs> and the guy's like, "Nobody here, nobody that's made the movie is here. You don't have to clap." But this is our new mission. We're going to thank everybody that's made the next movie you go to. Key grips, I'm coming for you. That's right. <laughs> Caterers, everything. That's right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode <laughs> of Hardy Party at Five and a Half, and we hope you enjoy your next trip to the movie theater. Hardy Party Five and a Half, over and out. We'll see you next time.